0: what's up everybody i have a very unique podcast today it's just me and i'm going to talk a lot about not just my journey but the things that i've learned about money particularly the games of the rich and how they act differently and i'm going to line item how that looks what the difference is how i've applied it um the things that i've struggled with both as my perception of money and how i've grown um some of the errors mistakes that i've made and how you should be thinking about investing how you should be thinking about uh assets versus income and this should be a really good podcast um i really like this um this topic because i was so intrigued with it so early on and i had so many i think not false beliefs, it's not even right. It just, I think there was so much that we don't know. And we have a lot of perceptions about capital and about investing and about the wealthy that are just fundamentally wrong. And that can really hold us back. That can really stop us from progressing. Um, More importantly though, we can build things wrong. Meaning where you're on the wrong path to get to where you wanna go. And that's the most devastating thing. And I know that because I've done this just time and time and time and time again. And to become wealthy, it's all about compounding. It's about compounding resources like time, um, knowledge, right? It's about compounding uh, assets. It's about compounding, uh, not just money, right? And when you go down the wrong path, you lose that ability to compound. When you jump from thing to thing to thing, because you're looking for something that doesn't exist. in the fact that you're looking at to find something, but in reality, it's created, and it can be created in lots and lots of different ways. So the first thing we want to talk about is the layout and the process of how things look at and I and I have a view of the way that the rich people act um, and treat money and the system in which that's created, uh, versus not and there's a few different levels and dimensions to it and i'm going to talk a lot about my uh, personal income businesses assets now let me make it very clear Um, i am not what i would call the um, uber rich okay now this is a hard thing for me to generally talk about the reason being is um, on one side If you say, if I say I'm not uh, the uber rich, that's very disingenuous. And that is very, um, I don't want to seem like it's, I I don't want it to seem like I'm saying that where I'm at is not beyond, frankly, maybe anything I'd imagined in the first periods of my life. I, I I know that. And as not where virtually the entire world um, wants to be, I am very conscious of that. And I, and I try to remain conscious of that. I do not want to live in a bubble. I don't want to right? I, I, I don't want to be that guy. I, um, for those that know me, I'm a pretty down to earth guy. I really enjoy working and I'm really interested in money, economics, investing capital. Um, it's the, the outside, uh, overall representation of capital is, is great. I I have a really nice house. I I drive a really nice car. I'm not saying any of that kind of stuff, but that's just not why I do what I do. That is not a driving factor. That is not of the importance to me, and that has benefited me greatly uh, because I put off um, a lot on my journey because I just wanted to work, um, and I wanted to be a creator. I wanted to build something, and most of all, I wanted to be proud. I wanted it to be mine. Um, I think in lots of cases... Uh, the really rich and wealthy, they tend to have a chip on their shoulder they tend to be out there's something driving those people that um, may not even be good Uh, and I I, I think I am a case of that too as well, I I think there's underlying reasons why I like what I like and the reasons why I work at um, levels that most people would not do especially when they don't have to do it But then i also think that that's how i got to the position that i'm at i'm saying this because when we go into this i'm not near where i want to be and i am not jeff bezos i am not some person that either money's irrelevant it doesn't matter anymore or they're making you know hundreds of millions of dollars i'm not at that level and so when i'm talking about this i'm both looking at the past and looking in the future I'm trying to talk to you guys about my journey, where I'm headed, where I'm going, what I want to do. So please don't listen to this and say, think that I'm either putting down on any levels or I'm discounting what I have or where I'm at. That's, that's my little disclaimer through this because it's important. Context is really, really important. Um, and I wanna make sure that that's, that's clear in this because no matter where you're at on the journey, first of all, you need to learn more, you need to do more. Um, I do not believe when people ask, what's your number? I don't have a number. There isn't this number where I'm like, oh, I made it. I'm done. Um, there isn't an amount of money I make a year. There is an amount of net worth that I say. That was the goal that literally doesn't exist to me. I don't even think like that. Um, it is all about progress. So next year I will work hard this year to be better next year than I was this year. That will never stop. I will always be doing that. And uh, that is something that I've just realized is me. That's my driver. Progress is my driver, right? Um, The grass is always greener, uh, you know, on the other side. For me, I just want to know what the other side is. I I, I just want to keep going. I am I'm very interested. Um, So that's hence the reason this is why I do podcasts. This is why I do content. This is why I document the journey. The other side of that is I was very, very fortunate um you know i had a father who grew up in extreme poverty right i didn't my dad worked i mean he you know i come from a family where a dad that grew up in extreme poverty and a uh, mom who uh, was a farm girl and um i relate very much to that side of who i am i am the oldest child growing up uh, my parents got us to a position when we were in uh, middle class and then even upper middle class when I was young and uh, by young I mean in my teenage years um, and that it resonates with me but my youth everything growing up my vacations were going to the farm and working with my cousins which I loved uh, now with that said though I I wasn't I wasn't a farm boy right so it was a weird in between i think for me which ended up benefiting me i think i had great fundamental principles but then i had a dad that really worked hard and he did the not just worked hard but he was incredibly smart about how he went about things and then he learned business principles and i got to see my dad do this as i became a teenager my dad started a brokerage firm and i got to see my parents not putting blinds On the house because they didn't feel they could afford blinds and stressing out about either money or starting out right and things like that but then i got to come in when he had gotten stable and been successful and then i got to join with him on that path and then we built together and then from there i we kept building and we just never stopped this is unique this is a unique position that very few people get to be in and i'm so understanding of that because even for us we grew up in idaho right we i was never exposed i didn't see the ocean until i was a teenager right i was never exposed to anything except like trucks mountains hard-working people um i was a dyslexic adhd kid that didn't do good in school and i went to college in idaho um i uh uh, until after i got out of college frankly i wasn't really that exposed uh to the world um and then i moved to brazil for a long time now my parents in my teenage years they started to take us on uh trips so when i was older and i became like 15 we got to go to uh the bahamas which blew my mind right and a lot of us can relate And as what I saw through this process though, I saw the different levels and I saw me starting out at a certain level and I had to grow through this and we had to change how we did things. This is a lot of failure that I'm talking about. I've started so many companies and we never really found our stride um, until I was in my thirties to be frank. Um, Now, I'm going to go through with you to talk about this. So when I'm looking at different levels, okay, and now and now I want to get onto the lesson. I got to give the context in this podcast. Now we're moving on to the level. I want it's really important to me that you understand the background, what I'm teaching, why I'm teaching it, um, understanding you know my my mindset. Um, the first level that we have is the line level uh in the economy you pay taxes you receive income and you have expenses okay this is the first level this is the level we all know and understand right this level i was able because of my dad to see level number two which that generally most a lot of people just don't have access to and during when i grew up now because of the internet everybody has access to everything. I mean, you're listening to a podcast. There was no internet. There was no podcasts at the time. If it wasn't taught to you by a school or your parents, you did not have exposure to it. You literally, you just didn't, you didn't know. Um, the internet has revolutionized, uh, people understanding these things. And this, that the internet is the biggest opportunity bigger than I think almost anyone's ever had because you are able to be exposed to learn, and to see and receive opportunity that was very withheld prior to the internet. Um, it was had to be taught through mentorship. It had to be taught through a lot of other things. And you really had to go after it to break through cycles to understand. Hence the reason why, like for me, my dad's just a, an anomaly. I mean, you're talking about a guy who all his family's dead except one of his brothers who's, uh, lives somewhere, we think, on the streets of Portland. He's homeless. Um, His other brothers, they're always drug addicts and sister, and uh, dad died really early, and and mom uh, died as well. And uh, uh, that, to be frank, doesn't happen. The poverty cycle is real. It's very real. Um, And so that is an inspiration, I think, to everyone. It was to me. Um, And the second level, right, when we look at um, that I really became exposed to was— Taxes, income, investing. And this was uh, something that I originally was taught and learned about, like investing in 401ks, investing in stock or real estate. Um, This was something that I discussed with my dad. I was very interested, always. I I mean, and it wasn't an interest in money. Like me and my dad would talk about like P&Ls and stuff when, when I was young. And we would look at different business models. And I wanted to know, none of the other kids in my family really uh, did or had any interest uh, like that in that way. Um, And then the third level is you invest, you pay taxes, um, and then income comes last, okay? Let's talk about these levels real quick, why they're important. First of all, taxes, income, expenses. Um, This is a, a job role right um the next level where you have taxes income and investing this is an active movement through the different one this means you have disposable income but you're being smart with it and uh, a few stats that you all need to know and understand and realize the average entrepreneur um makes like sixty thousand dollars in the united states uh the average um excuse me not uh a millionaire makes like sixty thousand dollars not entrepreneur millionaire Uh, In the United States, the average entrepreneur makes less than they would if they had a job. Uh, The average um, millionaire in the United States, uh, not just average, you're talking the vast majority (laughs) of all the millionaires, um, do not live like most people think. Uh, And this right now, this stat should not only blow your mind, um, but it should be extraordinarily uh, uh, at least it is to me and it was to me as i grew up in my thinking overall about money millionaires it it changed the way i viewed things and and this is the biggest thing that people need to do they they need to really change the way they view so this stat right here i'm going to pull it up because i really don't want to get this wrong at all so um the Average millionaire, there's 22 million Americans that have net worths of over a million dollars, okay? On average, it takes 28 years to hit that. Only 5% did it in 10 years. Um, So meaning they started a job, they started working, they started getting income, right? And in 10 years, they had a a net worth of a million dollars. The average millionaire's income is $37 in America right now, an hour, $37 an hour. This one is pretty incredible 70% of millionaires have never 70% have never made six figures ever not even as a millionaire status. Ramsey solutions did a study of over 10,000 millionaires and it showed that two thirds of them are entrepreneurs. Only twenty-one percent of millionaires inherited anything at all. Seventy nine percent, that means received nothing, not one dime. Sixteen percent inherited over a hundred thousand. Only three percent received a million or anything else. Three percent, that's it. The rest, the vast majority, um, eighty percent basically received nothing at all. Then 16% received something that was um, over 100000 So even if you said 100000 right, that's a big, that's a huge leap, right, you're talking about a very small fraction. Um, why this is important in the context to know and understand. Okay, two reasons. The first thing is my father taught me, and the thing I learned early on was sales. Okay, that I, I focused on increasing income and i focused on increasing income due to my effort but utilizing knowledge so as opposed to being a farmer as opposed to doing manual labor which i grew up doing digging ditches working on the farms right i paid through college by working on the farms right that was things that i did there was an association with my time and effort and the direct pay that I got but he taught me through sales we could leverage knowledge and dislocate income from time and that made it so we could receive more income this allowed me to break the six-figure barrier because I would sell to clients that would pay me this made my dad rich he was really good at sales I I was too like I I was good at sales but my dad was really good at sales. And uh, uh, he made a lot of uh, good money on commissions, right? Um, I made, you know, later on in my career, after I'd already started investing, after we'd all already become millions, I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars just in my sales alone. That took time. It took knowledge. I needed mentorship. I never received a paycheck. um, So I never received a, a steady paycheck, anything else like that. I was fired all the time from clients. My income was outrageously... Uh, not stable and that's how my father was too but the key to this was we changed a few things and this was like the golden grail at the time that i i I didn't understand and that was the idea of investing taxes income and when i look at investing we're going to break this down into a couple parts okay so the first layer, remember, you have taxes, then you get your income, then you have expenses. Second level is you get your taxes, income, but then you have investments. Then the third level is you have investments, then you have taxes, then income. And so, like, for us, the investments was business income. Now, business income, though, was just commissions that was paid for a time, but it was legally set up that way. Um, we paid taxes, though, um, inside of that uh, realm and we could adjust it then we received income now even at the time though this was very flawed we paid astronomical amount of taxes i mean it was we were taxed at the highest realm but because our income was in the shelter of our llc and because we were paid on contract nature by our clients we had something we could do to manipulate our income through the taxes paid inside that did not stop me from basically having to pay 50% of my income in taxes, uh, but it changed, that, uh, it changed a lot. It, it, it was a really good thing. Now, this is when we moved into the fourth dimension, and this was something that I decided we need to look at this differently. And the reason being was, frankly, I didn't know what to do at the time. Um, I felt like I was on a treadmill. I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. Uh, even though I was just working my brains out and I have my dad who's making money off his cells, but he's on a treadmill. And it was like, I started to go, how much better are we than W2? And then I started to realize there's these different levels, right? And we were like halfway because we were making good money, right? We were making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but at the same time, um, like you got to think about it like this. If you're a doctor, if you're an attorney, right. And let's say you're a doctor and you make half a million dollars a year, which my dad didn't make a hundred thousand dollars a year till after he was 40. Think about that. Now you're a doctor, let's say and you're 25 or 30 and you're making a half a million dollars a year and you break your hand. What can you do? First of all, to replace that, um, and then not only that but that income is gone right and your future earning power is not only evaporated um but also your entire lifestyle everything right is associated with that because even though you can earn a lot it's directly tied in with your time now with the business and 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 building the business even in the brokerage firm right we 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 grew it and we had brokers underneath us and we had income but really what that did is it paid like all the expenses and it allowed us to keep most of our commissions okay but it was all cash flow right we used to say that 99% of our assets went home well we started to invest because i wanted to move into another dimension which meant it wasn't a treadmill it wasn't earned off me now there's a few things that we had to do to accomplish this because growth was really important and I understood that it's not just enough to own a bond and it to pay you a certain amount and that covers your expenses, right? That's the first layer kind of, of financial freedom. I didn't just want that. I wanted to have something that I could own, not be associated with my time, but would grow. So that way in five years, because of inflation, I didn't have to work again. Or more importantly, it could operate independently. So something that could grow and continue to grow as we were investing in different things, we first started to invest to set ourselves up for the future. That's why we started buying small facilities. That was our whole idea. It was like, we're gonna buy small storage facilities. We are going to eventually have these things paid off and there'll be an income because we knew we have an expiration date on this treadmill. That was scary. And we had to do something to prepare ourselves because of the the, the contraction of income or we just had to live off really low income save in a bank account and then draw and hope that we have enough time to work to save up enough, right? That to me was a ticking time bomb. And I saw as the world changed fast and I saw other people, and this was the main thing that was a benefit to me. Our sales, we did sales with companies. So we we went to them and we sold Benefits, healthcare benefits, group medical insurance, right? We were health insurance salesmen. We did life, we did dental, we did vision, we did group medical. Start out, we'd work with groups that have five people and on and on and on. And then we went and we got into bigger clients, right? That would pay us more commissions. Uh, It was still 100% dependent on us. If we weren't there, we lost the client and all the revenue uh, dropped. But I was exposed to businesses. I was exposed to C-suites and being pre-internet this was almost an unimaginable advantage i it's at times i almost feel bad at times i think i went through a period a long period i think there was 10 years where i was like i was almost embarrassed of my own personal success because i thought how in the world i just felt so lucky you know it's this is This is one of the main driving reasons why I do content. After I became paralyzed, it just so dawned on me the amount of sheer fortune that I had had by being exposed. And once again, this is pre-internet area. I couldn't just go on a podcast and listen to somebody like me talking to you now, telling you about my journey and what I learned through this. You had to do it yourself. You just had to learn and you had to be exposed. Well, prior to that information, I got to hijack that because I got to talk with business owners and I got to see what models worked, what ones didn't, what was beneficial. And I talked to these C-suite levels and these owners of the business and I would hear their struggles and I would learn about them. And I was the guy that I was like, I'm not just here to talk about insurance. I wanted to ask them all sorts of questions. I wanted to break down the business model. And this was a master's as an understatement right? Um, And this set me up to really understand this next level. Now, what I learned was at the end of the day, I was an employee. I was an employee that had the benefits of being able to bring taxes before income, but I still had to pay even a higher amount than most employees did on my income taxes after it. But I still saved on the pre, uh, pre, which most people that receive income don't. And taxes is your number one uh, destroyer of wealth. Uh, It is the number one thing that stops you from being able to grow. And this is what I learned. I receive a dollar. So I receive a dollar. And let's say that I made up a chart where I said, I want to build out a system in which I can receive X amount a year. I need this many dollars and I need to receive, let's say, a 20% return. Okay. So I want to make $20,000 a year. I need $100,000 and receive a 20% return on that, which is an astronomical return obviously, but I'm just using this for simple math. Now, let's say the next thing that I learned, though, was when I received a dollar, it was only 50 cents. So in order to receive that same 20,000, I had to make over twice as much. So if I could not receive the 20% and I received just a normal high even amount, which would be a 10% return, that meant to receive that, I'd have to make... $400,000 to receive the same $20,000 or more. That to me just, I'm like, it it was almost devastating. I I felt that I could never get ahead. Um, And I felt I could never get off this treadmill. And, And I didn't think, I thought I'd just do sales my whole life. But then I thought, why don't I learn from other people and see what they're doing? And instead of investing like we were for a future date when I couldn't work, what if we changed the system. And what if we had a business model that was consistent of investments, right, and income coming in, that could grow itself. So that way, I didn't need $400,000, I could start really small, but it would eventually go to 400 $1,000 on its own, and anything more that I put in would grow it. So build a system instead of just invest. And This is when we get to this next level that we began to really learn and began to discover, which eventually led us to selling insurance. So one of the hacks that I that I learned was there's a trade off in the economy. Okay, Um, there is income. But then you have business income, and then investment income, we all know this, right? Well, when you look at the markets, um, the, the overall markets, willingness to pay value predicated on certain things. Income has none. Why? Because income is predicated on that person. So it doesn't matter. I, I can't transfer it. Now, business, let's say that you have a business that is self-sustainable and gives excess cash flow. Well, that will trade it like three times. So if you make 100,000, you have 300,000 in value. Now, if you have a business though that has income it's growing and it's not dependent on the owner, that business will trade for much more. So we worked hard to set that up. And what we found was income that came from assets is traded a cap rate or an even higher amount. Well, that's because it's safe. So the business income is very risky, trades at a lower amount. Investment income, right, is very solid and it doesn't need uh, in, in an individual but it doesn't have growth. Um, So but people will pay much more because of the security of it. Well, what I learned is that I could buy and start businesses and we could grow them and it would create high cash flow that could be poured into assets. And what I wanted to do is get that benefit of the high earnings multiple of the income coming in from a cash based business that was self sustainable. But I didn't want it to be backed by services, meaning my time and other people's time. I wanted the safety of the uh, owned revenue how did I come up with this and why did did I think this well it happened out of a failure so I bought a company that I, I learned really early on um, and I'm giving you guys kind of just a full history but I'm trying to depart with you guys the the lessons that I've learned which to me are impactful I hope they're impactful for Um, if you got, if they are, please rate this podcast, write me some good reviews. So I actually know. And so I keep doing this and making it that that's what helps me because this is free. Um, but if I looked at it and I said, okay, the overall, um, revenue, right. That is not attached. It's extremely risky. I got, got to, got to work for it. I was trying to do it, but I was selling on a per client basis. Well, I thought, what if we just bought a block of business? Like we called it. Meaning you have somebody that owned a, uh, had a block of business. They owned a company air quotations, meaning they just worked for clients and those clients equaled X amount of revenue that they got paid off of. It's a book of business or a block of business as we call it, right? What if we just went and bought them? Because then instead of selling one client, I could buy them and I could get, um, 30 clients and I will pay them one and a half times that revenue. Right. And so we started doing that. And then I thought, well, if their one and a half times revenue is predicated because it's an individual, and if they left, that would go away, so I can't pay very high because those clients could leave me, it's very risky. But if we had that system, like I talked about earlier, that it was growing, right, and it had income that wasn't necessarily attributed to solely one person, meaning it was more of a company, well, that would trade at a much higher multiple. And this is when it clicked for me. I could By an individual that a good block of business now we have employees right so this has now been 10 plus years we have employees we have um we we weren't a huge company but we had good cash flow um we did revenue to the tunes of uh a few million four million and it was uh, heavily loaded with obviously expenses of people because the brokers, we had to pay them a huge portion of that revenue because it was their book of business. and But the, the idea was that it, it was not just us. So somebody would pay us a higher multiple. So let me break it down. If I spent $1 million and got a loan because uh, somebody made, or let's here, let's make this easier, I gotta use very simple math, $100,000, I told somebody, I'll pay you 150,000 for it, um, which was a going rate for his block of business, um whatnot and you can come on and i'll still pay you a percentage of the revenue but now you're a broker on it your revenue secure that's a good deal for them because now they don't worry about their income they could come on and we will make sure it's secure for them why it's a good deal for us because you're like but you paid for it but now you still have to pay them a percentage well that one and a half times revenue i looked at and said well ours because we have some more infrastructure our multiple is much higher in fact it's like more like four or five so that meant if I bought them, their block of business at a hundred thousand, I paid one hundred and fifty or one and a half times. The moment we signed the documents, that one hundred thousand was worth five hundred thousand, and this was my aha moment, right? And boy, did I think I was smart. Uh, now, a lot of people are like AJ, this is common sense. Everybody knows this, right? Well. Good for you. I did not. And I didn't have a lot of people that we could learn this stuff from. So uh, little Idaho boy, give me me a break here. I'm learning this as I go. And I thought, I'm so smart. I'm going to go do this. Well, I did it. I did it. And then greed and pride got the best of me. And I thought, I'm going to go big. I'm going to buy something for like a few million or two, two and a half million. Roll it in. It'll be worth five million. And then we'll expand. And I went out of my core competencies and i purchased a firm for um two and a half almost three million um that was predicated they were the holder of the loan we gave them money up front but we still had to have debt to pay it off um and we got their book of business and they we had to pay a high amount because they had two three employees and we would get those two three employees all right you guys are learning all about my sad history and i'm a slow learner here well, this turned out to be a case of fraud. Uh, what had happened was we bought the company, and remember, the clients they get to choose. I bought the business, signed the documents. Um, my dad was like, I, he was questioning this. It was it, this was this was a lot. This was a lot. I, I was like, no, we we're, we're, we're going to do this, and he really trusted me. He trusted my knowledge and what. How, where it gotten us and how we'd done it, and I, I I totally screwed us there's no other way to say this um I uh bought the thing, and the owner of it a month later wife went out and took forty percent of the revenue by taking two of our clients, which we still owed him money to do it literally we we're, we're talking maybe it was two months uh which now remember the multiple okay forty percent of our revenue went away, yet we had to pay him two and a half million dollars, which is now only worth 800,000, right, um, or whatever it was, the multiple. Um, I, I, I thought, I can fix this, uh, which was silly, um, but we ended up in lawsuits. This went on for years, and to be frank, I, I think I almost destroyed our everything. I destroyed years of my father working and me working, everything we built, Um, I almost bankrupted us. Uh, It was stupid, really stupid. But in this was the greatest lesson and what brought me to the next dimension. That was simply I was actually sitting there as I'm dealing with these lawsuits, dealing with this. We're talking like 2009, 10, folks. This is a while ago. Holy cow. Uh, And I'm at a hotel as I'm dealing with this brokerage firm. And I'm looking up at the hotel and I realize the people that own that, nobody can take it, right? So the wife of the person that I bought the company from, she went and took the revenue. She took the assets. Um, but the hotel, nobody could take that. You can't go steal somebody's real estate. And I realized, now I may not be able to hack the growth like the multiple level that I did, but what if we could? What if we could buy real estate in revenue, meaning that can't be taken from us, but yet we could still increase the underlying value or multiple? Now, everybody, I know you're listening to this, you're like, A.G., this is like basic here, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but keep up with me here. We're going to get on to even some more stuff here. Um, And the problem is that's really easy to say, but when you buy real estate, you need huge amounts of capital and you get a low return. So it's really easy to say and think about, but then it's really hard to do. So then I thought about another level. I thought, what if we moved this whole investing, taxes, income, which we were in? Let's move this all. Let's let's work on infrastructure. Let's take businesses that we own or start or I would build, roll it into fixed revenue assets, and let's build a business around fixed level uh, revenue assets, um, and that is self-sustaining. It can compound right and grow. Um, and I thought that was my aha moment. So that's what I decided to do. That was the start of our uh, Bitterroot, our companies that we own now and how how we've grown, but it it went to a whole nother level. And this is when I started to really learn about more of like the, what people would call um, ultra wealthy. And I, at the time, I could go away at any moment. I almost did. Um, I may have made a lot of money, but just like a doctor or anything else like that, it, it was very volatile. Uh, now in the level that is the fourth level, which is the fourth dimension, meaning like you have three dimensions, right? You're looking at money and capital and in four dimensions, the people that own that, they don't deal with things like we think about investing, taxes, income, taxes, income, investing, right? It is all one and it is all moving. Let me give you an example. I don't know how much exact money i'll make this year i get told that by tax uh by accountants things like that and our taxes is on a scale it's on a plane that is not set year to year we're moving tax benefits we're moving capital we're moving assets around legal contracts intellectual property and revenues on a plane that is not set year to year so we may say oh we want to utilize this this year right through the tax code or the next year so we can lower our taxes and we can use that to use capital and move it through and buy things when we want to buy it. We can leverage things. We can use it to buy personal assets. It is not like a straight income comes in and goes out. Um, We're looking at everything from hard assets, intellectual property, business income, everything is all working together. And we are owners of the system and we're moving things through the system. We're allocating them through there, but we kind of have control, right? Now, we can be taken out at a depression at any time. I learned that a long time ago, everybody. I can be killed at any time. It's one of the reasons why we've never lost an asset to this date, because I was so humbled, and I realized very, very quickly how it is. And it, we're very, very conservative. But what we've done is we've built a system that is, that is legally not tied in. I, I have all these different buckets, all these different taxes, incomes, revenues, we're looking where should we invest? Why should we invest? Where do we need to put our money? Who do we need to hire? What do we need to operate? Are we building infrastructure for this one? Um, The fourth dimension of the wealthy, they don't do things on a simple plane that allows them to not be subject to as many shortcomings and um, that, that idea that a dollar is only 50 cents, right? It allows them to manipulate their capital. Through time and overall returns, we can we can do a lot there. That can bolster returns. We can figure out where we need to put one that'll leverage it given a certain market condition. This gives us more power over market fluctuations and conditions. Um, th- this is now something that we play much more at. Now, when you get to the ultra wealthy, right? That's totally different. They'll ne- they can never go away. Almost like it would take the country failing. Why? Because they own the infrastructure in the country. A lot of people don't realize that the economy is not a set thing, it is a created thing. And people own pieces and segments of the economy. That is good, that is the whole purpose of it. They also don't understand that laws, taxes, is not a set thing, it is not a flat line. It is people. People are making the economy, people are making tax code, people are making laws. And the people that participate in the construction of industries, of tax code, of laws they are setting up the game they are setting things up right to benefit and help them now people say that's rigging it that's rigging. how what, what do you expect a magical fairy to come down and say oh tax law oh code oh they it's stupid people have to make it well who's going to make it people that understand it people that are building it and of course they are going to benefit because the tax code and the laws work like this. You keep it for yourself, we're gonna tax you. If you build, if you create the economy, if you help others, we don't. Because you need to incentivize people to build. You need to incentivize people to regulate. You need to incentivize people to do all these things. Um, So it's actually exactly how it's supposed to work and it's benefit. And that's why capitalism has literally changed the world in all good ways except for very small parts which i have a whole podcast i'm going to do on not the downfalls uh that are viewed as capitalism aren't actually downfalls of capitalism. i'm not going to go into that right now um but what i'm saying is that these participants right they work on a four-dimensional and this level was something nobody really understands at first and i maybe i guess i'm wrong maybe Maybe a lot of our listeners here do. They, this is common sense. I, I don't know. It wasn't for me. I, w- I, did not, I was not exposed to these things. These are things my father did not know. These are not things that being in Idaho, we just didn't, didn't have. We had to fail. We had to really learn the slow way. If I was smarter, I'd be way, way more successful. I'd be way bigger. Um, there, there's a lot of these things. But the idea is I had to go through each one of these levels. My family had to. This is another reason why I'm in business with family, and this is another reason why we think and why my dad's partnership's on everything. We create companies and side things to benefit. We, we're thinking long-term. I'm thinking multiple generations. Me and my dad are creating something that we believe is huge, and we, we have been for a while. I'm going to be doing this till I'm dead, and I hope that my kids are doing this, and I hope when we leave there's this massive legacy, everyone, that people say, you know, you helped. The whole reason I started Cedar Creek was for one goal, democratize ownership of the economy. So then when I learned and when I figured this stuff out and when we started building it, I said, after I became paralyzed, I said, I'm going to teach this right. And then I'm also going to create and I want to build the biggest system in the world that democratizes ownership and allows people to be in the game, play in the game and get some benefit, even if they can't don't want to, or are willing to, or don't have the opportunities at my level. It's my mission, it's my purpose. It's why I get up every single day. It's why people invest with us. I work for them. I work for the system. I work for the people. That's how I view everything and why I keep going, right? Um, but there are these levels and it's treated differently. And you need to understand as you move up, you need to play different games. So when I said at the first, people are looking to find that right thing. They're looking for the gold mine. Now, That doesn't exist, it's literally created. Now there is the, you should find the wave, okay? I talk a lot about um, the overall, uh, like a wave of an industry, the wave of uh, demand, where society's headed, right? Because that allows you to leverage systems to build something, to build a surfboard that's the best surfboard, which will allow you to ride the wave, go fast and be very, very successful. This is another area that we were outrageously lucky on. Now, the first thing is though, everybody's like, well, you got lucky on the self-storage side. Yeah, but I was also unlucky on the dying side. So anyone knows about brokerage firms, their heydays were in the 90s. Now, by 2008 with Obamacare, with the Great Recession, it's nothing like it was. Um, Most brokers just simply have jobs. They're not highly paid anymore. The whole market's been consolidated Uh, it's a tough game it's not like it was it's overregulated. it's hard to even work within Um, so we were at the end of a dying industry and i was trying to keep it going uh but instead i identified this is dying and what we're trying to do cannot be done i need we need to move so what we did is we sold that company we sold um our other businesses we kept putting it into the wave that we found was working so i've owned gyms we've owned all these other businesses right we would sit we would find them if they worked we would write them we'd sell them and we'd put them into one that we knew was really working which was uh, the storage facility industry how we identified this was i found and i saw at the end of this wave, meaning we were at the end of this brokerage wave and you could see the past, you could see the market consolidation that was coming. I simply looked and said, hey, self-storage is literally what brokerage firms were in the 90s. Let's focus that. And then um, I've built, uh, after we got done there, we, we were under non-competes, we couldn't build it. I still worked for the company after we sold it, I was running it and everything else. After I became paralyzed, um, I was fired from my job in the hospital now I'd lost all my income and it was, they paid me really, really well. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go full-time into the real estate side, but I still wanted it to grow. I'm gonna tell you guys all hacks here in just a second on how to bypass. I did a lot of things wrong, everybody. The amount of effort and things that I wasted and came into, it's kind of crazy looking back on it. Um, but the uh, after I was fired, I started up more companies. So I started up uh, another brokerage firm. We sold that. I started that up, I built that up, sold that for millions, poured that into real estate. What I was doing is I was starting companies, building up income and equity, transferring it into another system. Well, (laughs) I could have simply done that by using investors, which would have been much, much simpler. I wouldn't have had to work two, three jobs. Uh, But at the same time, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm at, I wouldn't have learned what I want. But if you're trying to learn and if you're trying to do I could have built, in the time frame, what I have now, in the time frame that it took to build, I could have done it way, way faster if I would have learned. And the reason, honestly, this this is the truth. The reason how I learned that I didn't need to keep doing what I was doing, there was alternative ways, was through podcasts, social media, and I went to, I joined a group, a mastermind, and I went to a meetup. That revolutionized everything i have massively exploded my growth since then but that's why it was due to the information it was doing to see business models so for you to hack and move through the different levels you need exposure you need to increase your circle you need understanding you need to be able to identify waves then systems how to build something to ride the waves you need to own the revenue it needs to be compounded right And then you need to get to a point where you are multidimensional. So you need to work through each one of those so you can get to a four-dimensional level of really operating and writing. Hence the reason why I have groups. Hence the reason why I do teach this, because that's all the stuff that I needed. And frankly, if I would have had this 15 years ago, uh, I'd be a billionaire. (laughs) It's just crazy. Um, Now, I think I'm going to be one in the future. If the economy, if things don't take me down, But even if it does, I'll just get back up and I'll keep playing this incredible game. And that's the key, guys. It's a game. Know the rules. Know the players. Okay. Figure out how to be the best. Figure out the best game to play, which industry, all of that, and then leverage it. Um, I hope this makes sense, my journey, the games of the super rich and uh, what we've done. Um, I, I could go into each line item of each business that we've started, informational products. I've, I mean, we're talking service-based gyms like oil. I mean, it's shocking what, how much I've done. And I've rolled those gains over into real estate to try to accelerate it when all I had to do was <laughs> spend my time actually learning how to just get investors or banks to do other things. Uh, other things like that. But I think one of the reasons was I was exposed to so many business models, right? That kept me going, which even today, I'm still, my ownership is fragmented. So if you look at the structure and the ownership of um, what we've done, I own uh, a lot of companies. I own everything from tech services to real estate, multiple kinds of real estate. Um, I own product based businesses. I own, they, there's a lot of different things. And I'll always do that for diversification, things like that. I never know when. The wave, like the insurance wave, was ending for us, and I was in the middle of it, and I didn't even recognize it, which I think got me into trouble. Um, When that wave will be over, you need to learn how to recognize it. And two, you need to not be afraid to move. Um, That was, honestly, the one thing I did and got right. It was scary. Um, It was clear as day. I remember walking into my dad's living room to tell him, I'm going all in on this path. I'm leaving insurance. It was the only thing we had known. Um, And uh, it was just immediate. He was like, yeah, I'm in it, let's do this. Um, And, you know, that was the best decision I'd made, but it it was a decision. I mean, I'd identified, right? And I knew what to do. Honestly, I think 90% of the people, 99% of the people in my position would have never made that decision. It was scary, it was hard. Um, And I wish at the time that I would've been exposed to more people, that I would've had podcasts, that I would've had information that would've helped me feel more confident in the decision, that I would've made it earlier, that I would've done better. Um, But I did, and it's where we're at today. Um, There's a lot of reason to believe that me working three jobs actually was a huge major contributor of me going into the hospital. Um, losing everything when I got out I had to work smarter not harder and that was a magnifier on our returns and our empire and I hope you guys can do the same so all right everybody this was a deep dive into um the, the the games of the rich and the levels walking through it playing how I did it my downfalls the things that I got right um now everybody uh you can't do this alone Right. I have I've mentioned my dad. I did not mention um, which is is, is fault. I didn't mention all my uh, mentors, my other partner, Sam. Um, I didn't mention my executives. I didn't mention endless amounts of people uh, that I that played a role uh, right going going through this. Um, it's just been always been me and my dad. So, you know, he's my main partner. And so we thought, but Sam Whitaker's also my main partner um he's our the more accountant type that's why you don't see him he doesn't like to go to events things like that um but he helped us build and, and revolutionize as you guys go through it you need to find those people you need to understand your role and you need to partner up you need to find help you need to have mentors uh, if not you're dead in the water and that is honestly the biggest lever that you can all right everybody with that i'll stop rambling on here Um, but thank you guys for your time. If you enjoyed this, please share it. First of all, go share it. I'll reshare, um, and give me a good rating. It helps me out a lot, everybody. Thanks. Talk to you soon.